Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Campbell, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Looking good. Got the hair cut? Maybe not? No? No, certainly not. It is good to be back, but uh, the hair is long. Looks good, though. Congratulations. Oh, thank it's good you. to see you, man. It's been forever, dude. I'm I'm back into the UAP subject, mostly because the government's finally doing some shenanigans on the TV, I'll say. Yeah, it's been in the news, right? Uh, Chris Nobody Cuomo cares. Nobody is... cares. <laughs> well, a small percentage of people care a huge amount, and uh, and that's kind of interesting on its own. But yeah, people still aren't in the mainstream cluing in, and there are a number of reasons for that, mainly that it's still just hearsay effectively. Uh, even though somebody went in front of Congress and testified under oath, a, a high credibility ex-Air Force Intel agent, um, he's saying that he's been told by, I think he says, 50 people. Is that, that the Krush guy? Yeah, Grush, uh, Grush, or whatever you say. But uh, David Grush is how people typically say it, but it's spelled G-R-U-S-C-H, I believe. An yeah. article just came out about him, about apparently the government hid one of his psychiatric evaluations that was not of standard i can try and okay yeah this has been in the news now following him testifying in front of congress because he testified that people told him that uh, you know within the government they have a non-human biologics um you know and that's sort of don't know exactly what that means and then also like the spaceship claims uh so he's saying that the government has like alien technology although he says it's not necessarily alien he prefers non-human intelligence as a term so he said a lot of extreme things and he hasn't directly provided evidence to support that but he's saying that these 50 people he has spoken to with knowledge of the programs do have that evidence so yeah exactly so i think that's kind of why it's not really elevating to the next level yet trust me i know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah that's the concerning part really uh what you just referenced this news story now about his past medical history because he has set the standard of evidence as his credibility since he doesn't have other uh, information or evidence that he's providing his credibility is sort of what this rests on and a journalist for the intercept has done are a you freedom look, are of you looking at the article not right now no you, you want to no. pull it up yeah, i'll pull it up and it's on the intercept originally anyway and then other news channels picked it up but uh this journalist did a freedom of information request at a specific uh police jurisdiction in virginia if i remember correctly and he pulled up these uh cases of grush being detained on two different occasions in uh 2000 and six and ten if i recall correctly or maybe it's 2008 and 12 it was uh Two times he was arrested for um, making uh, suicidal threats to his wife, uh, former wife, and then now his current wife on two the separate occasions. And uh, he was the second time detained in an inpatient program at a psychiatric hospital and then released. Uh, so, and, and there were also allegations of alcoholism and violence and things like that. So post-traumatic so- stress disorder. Yeah, exactly. So now there's sort of this uh, whole thing about like, oh, well, is he a credible witness if he has this uh, pattern of arrests with um, suicidal threats and uh, alcoholism and things like that. And, you know, it's I don't love to get into. I'm not trying to put a person's personal stuff out there, but I also now I'm a little bit more skeptical on that reporting of that. Why did that not? Why did they let Congress? Why did Congress let people 
do a whole UAP hearing before someone backed up info or checked this person out what their background is. Like, I didn't believe the UAP hearing was authentic because they could have had plenty of other people. And I get Jeremy Corbell's there, but I'd also have thoughts about him as well, too. Mostly when I just I think there's a plenty of other people out there that could have brought real here's documented evidence of you guys have talked about this and acknowledged it. You know, let's actually have a hearing about it with the actual researchers, independent ones, anybody that's on Twitter that I've seen do really, really good work or people I've had on the show. Larry Hancock would be a good person to throw in there, but just laying out the facts, not any hearsay, not anything you can't back by documentation, but getting the public in on the discussion would have been an important way to go about this, but they set it up like a circus. So I didn't believe it, but then after this stuff starts coming out now, I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, you guys left this person in here without any background checks. So that's that's the big issue where I start going. Now I'm more likely to believe that that was real stuff and not fake stuff. Not necessarily saying it was UAP stuff, but saying that this is a great tactic for the government. Like I said, I'm 100% belief that it's government funding stuff. They just want more money. And I mean, they can get as much as they want. Take it from NASA. NASA, it's like $46 billion a year or something like that. They could have solved homelessness. NASA, yeah, they'd get the scientists on it. I mean, I, honestly, uh, the point you're making is excellent that money is being spent on things that are highly unnecessary when there are a lot of very obvious, clear social issues that deserve more funding. Uh, I think that what you're sort of uh, calling on is correct. It's like, I don't really like to bring in the personal stuff because, you know, like from a logical argument perspective, it's uh, ad hominems when you focus on the individual instead of the facts. But because David Grush has set the standard of uh, standard of evidence as his credibility, uh, he has sort of introduced conversations about his mental health and other things as an element of believing him until the people uh, who really have evidence uh, allegedly uh, come forward. And we don't know if that's ever going to happen right now. And that's sort of where we're at is that once again with UFOs, it's uh, someone saying that somebody told them something that would change the history of the world if if true. And it's like big if true, right? So that's why the Why the spectacle, though? Like when they first did the hearing and everything, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, were you taking it at face value or just like everybody else in the academic community? People that I thought, like people who study exoplanets and other people that I thought that would be really interested in the subject have said nothing and remain saying nothing. So to me, I go where they go a little bit on this one, where I'm like, the people that would be 100% on top of this, you'd think are not saying anything it's probably for good reason probably because they're not buying the bullshit either and yeah yeah you're locking in on that the issue right now is that it's it's unique to have somebody sworn under oath in front of congress saying these things so from the you know ufo advocate perspective this is a big deal and i agree with that from a historical perspective it's bigger than it's been at least since the 60s however on another, on the flip side, it's same old, same old, where it's essentially the same group of maybe, you know, 10, 20 uh, UFO advocates who have been in the field for the last 20, 30 years are behind David Grush uh, telling him he's saying that he's getting his information from a number of these people who have not given up evidence yet after, you know, making the same claims for so many years. So there is good reason for people who are 
concerned about their professional credibility to not yet step in and say that they accept it. But there are sort of like some fringe elements where it's almost like the confidence in the community is so strong now that it is it is drawing more people into it uh, from the outside. Like I am seeing that. And it's it's concerning in that way because like the narrative that exists within the community is not the same as what literally occurred. Um, you know, you're seeing people on Reddit and UFO Twitter and stuff sort of saying like aliens are proven. Like Tom DeLonge is now selling t-shirts that are like Tom was right. Um, so they're sort of taking a victory lap already without the facts having been brought forward. I mean, uh, it happens over like every concept, 9-11, they started making t-shirts like the day after the shit started happening. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> That I mean, I figured. I mean, uh, for so many people that were trying to fight for this thing, that's why I'm not shaming them. I'm not saying anything about them. It's I'm good for them if it's real. I just want to verify if it is or not. I think I've seen mostly my feed's probably filled with more skeptics, but I've seen like Mick West and others that's kind of like went a little silent, and then now they're kind of retracting and trying to analyze every single claim and kind of go through it a little bit. But I don't see the same jokingness, disheartness that I heard or saw in the beginning. It seems like they kind of are a little bit taken back by this as well too. I mean, it is shocking. Why would the, why would they openly state something like that? Especially after calling people liars and making people, you know, feel academics like on the Robertson panel, people that were basically ended up losing all credibility after they were esteemed academics for so long. I mean, there's no risk if you're an academic to step up and say anything about this. Certain individuals have gotten a large increase. Avi Loeb's a good example, made millions, um, I think from his book sale. And just the whole Noah Moa comet and everything like that. But also, do you do you are you a little bit more in belief now that if the government is up to something, or if you believe that it is uh, extraterrestrial? I I don't necessarily believe. Uh, like as you know, I'm on the skeptic side of this, but I also you know listen to the I'm embedded in the UFO community pretty intensely, like our show, uh, my show, or whatever, the Invisible Night School with the three other. Uh, people like we are in the ufo community so we're sort of seeing the conversations in real time which is mick west kind of does that but he's not like as deep in it um i think you're a little bit more even playing field like i am than mick west is yeah yeah i mean like we had mick on our show and he uh he ad hominemed me on my own show, which I, and it was successful. So I, you know, I, I kind of was impressed by that in some ways. It's a, you know, what do you mean? Ad, what do you mean he ad hominemed? It's like a debate technique where you, uh, if you're asked a question you don't want to answer, you redirect the person asking the question oh, yeah. by making a critical comment about them as a person. <laughs> so he did that to me, and then it worked, and I got annoyed and like went off on a tangent trying to defend myself instead of nailing him down on the question I was asking. So uh, you know, I don't, I don't support him doing that kind of thing. But you should have you know, did he, what I did, and I just go okay. And then I just, that's the end of the question. And then he just kind of looks at me and I'm like, I'll make awkward silence my fucking go-to. Trust me. Well, you're more experienced than me at this kind of thing, okay. I guess. Um, so, but, but congratulations I, though. on you know, understanding what he did to you, you know, yeah, lawyers, yeah, lawyers do that the all fact. the time. Lawyers do that <laughs> yes, all the time yeah. too. I've had people on here that where I'll ask a question, they'll avoid my question and give me every single like thing in their arsenal to make it seem like they said a lot. When you really compact it down and look at it, they just said nothing. They just completely dodged the question. 
Yes. And okay, that's like like Obama, President Obama, right? He's a lawyer. And then his comment on UFOs is uh, he's like, there are things up there that people don't know exactly what they are. And I think some people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. It's like, I think some people are trying to do that. Like, that doesn't say anything. Like, it's a nothing sentence. So uh, people do that all the time, especially in politics. The only thing I want to hear out of Obama is how does his wife get those huge ass back muscles? That shit's insane, dude. I'm like, damn, what are you doing lats every day? God. Well, maybe. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So yeah, you asked me uh, what I think is actually going on. Uh, so based on... I like to read the declassified internal briefing reports from the intelligence agencies that are verified, are officially released. Those reports, you know, Larry does that too, right? His focus is on those old reports from the 60s from the Air Force uh, often. Um, and what you see in those reports, especially the more recent ones, is that the government is taking UFOs seriously. Uh, the UK Ministry of Defense, the most recent report we have, says that they think that there actually are a unique category of object in the atmosphere that they call uh, UFOs with exceptional characteristics. And they, they say that they think those are like electromagnetic vortice, vortices, like kind of like a whirlwind, but made of electromagnetic energy. And they're saying in those reports, they're saying, we think that's what people are seeing. We don't know exactly how they form, but we think the Russians know a little bit better than us uh, how it works. And so we want to kind of avoid talking about UFOs directly publicly because we're trying to catch up to the Russian science on it. But in the meantime, we're going to create technology programs to try to figure out how that works. So to me, when I read those reports, it's like that's a genuine report that they used to brief top leadership with the Guardian, BBC News, Wire. They all reported on it uh, extensively. And um, so that tells me that at least inside the government, they think that something real is happening. They are trying to do reverse engineering programs like uh, Grush is saying on UFOs in quotes, except UFOs in their reports are these um, natural electromagnetic phenomena that they're trying to get a handle on. So I do think something's going on, just not extraterrestrial. Okay. That's a fair point. But when someone goes out there and they openly state on live television that they found non-human biologics, yeah, like what, is, what does that do to the public? I mean, a lot, surprisingly, a lot of people did not give a shit, um, but a lot of people in the UAP community did, the people that were paying attention. And I'm seeing a shift now where people are kind of like interested in seeing it because it is trending in some areas. But what is that like? What are your thoughts on that? Like, obviously, they don't, haven't backed it up with any evidence or supporting it, but they've talked about human or non-human aircrafts or things that they have. Um, well, I'll play the clip here in a little bit, but I'm just curious from what you saw of the UAP hearing, did any of it? change your perspective at all did you seem like anything had some reasonable weight to it i mean are you a little bit more of a i think the government acknowledging it is just weird in itself um because they haven't for so long and i don't know what caused them to flip it around i mean a lot of interesting things started coming out during this whole past couple of months um whether you want to talk about stuff from like older epstein stuff but also pandemic related material that has been coming out that's been you know a little bit different than what people thought um, there's a lot of stuff I'm saying it's coming out at once and I would think this would be like a good smoke screen, but nobody cared because everyone's more worried about what the hell we're doing in Ukraine and so many other issues that are going on now. 
Yes. Oh, and that's the thing, right? Is that if the claims are true, and as Grush sort of says, um, alleges, and other people within the UFO advocacy community say, like, if UFOs have been here forever and they are a non human intelligence that's interacting with humans, then conceptually, like, it's going to be sort of same old, same old each day, right? Like, uh, there's conceptually not really going to be a meaningful impact on everyday life, even if it is demonstrated to be true, ultimately. It, in a similar way that realizing how big the universe is uh, was, it makes a huge difference in an individual sense, excuse me, with uh, cosmology and stuff, but, excuse me, um, you know, in a bigger sense, like every day, if your worldview changes from believing in a uh, div divine entity, like a god, and then switching to thinking the universe is infinite, time is infinite, all that stuff, it's a huge difference psychologically in some ways, but it also doesn't change your day to day at all. What do you think the next steps are, like, maybe in like a month from now when it comes to the UAP subject? I mean, obviously, they're probably going to get funding to go look into this a little bit more, but are we spending money on the court hearings as well, too? Is what I'm curious about. And then why why do they have it in such a small room? Like I just like I said, I don't take it seriously when you have all these people compacted in a very small room. I mean, it's reminding me of like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial where I was like, are we just watching something that's going to be a documentary in a year on Netflix? Well, almost certainly. But uh you make a good point. Now, like the hearings are themselves politicized. They were called together by a group of Congress people who have their own agendas. And so it's not really like a top down thing. This is like members of Congress decided that this issue seems significant. And so they got this panel together, called the witnesses and things like that. So it is significant that they did that. However, it's not like a government-wide sort of focus in on Grush and trying to really uh, validate his claims. Although some of the people on that congressional panel do seem to have sort of a preset belief about where this is headed. You know, um, yeah, you were asking me, actually, I didn't answer about the biologics and the spaceships. Um, like, it's, it is like big if true. Uh, if there have been claims like that for decades now. So if it is verified it'll be monumental honestly the first thing i thought of when i heard like biologics recovered from a you know the crash i well actually that, that would be sufficient wouldn't it i was thinking of and i don't think this is accurate but there were were uh, spaceship recovery programs uh in the 60s project moondust is one of them they were very secret the u.s did go around trying to recover foreign governments crashed uh, stages of their rockets and things like that and they were doing that successfully so there were crash retrieval programs historically presumably maybe there still are like when you know they did russia china decommissions a spy satellite i'm sure they haven't tried them we found non-human biologics it was that dog we sent up in 67 his body finally came <laughs> that was Damn. exactly what i thought when i first heard it i was thinking of Leica, the street dog that the russians sent up right I, I was like if they recovered that it would have non they're not lying biologics i well, and that's what it's always always seems to be is that the language is so legal speak important. Yes, yes. Like you, like the you Air Force has always said something to the effect of like there no uh, there is no evidence of extraterrestrials. So it's like okay, so if you take them literally, and if you assume they are telling the truth, 
there's still a lot you could get up up to within that sort of gray zone. And that's that's where I think they're hanging out based on the declassified reports we do have available. I mean, what do you think the limited hangout is for though? Like what's what's the what would be the purpose in just doing something like, like a show, even giving that to media assets? I mean, all you're doing is not you're not doing anything. You're not going forward at all and you're not going backwards, but you're creating a story in the media that's going to probably be there for a while. I mean, it is the same thing with other stuff as well. It's like the Gabby Petito story. Man, thousands of people go missing every year, you know, more than thousands of people. But I'm just saying a lot of people go missing every year, but we had one influencer that was on TV for like four months. So it, it didn't make sense to me where I was like, well, why are we just focusing on one? What about the countless others that go missing that we never ever, ever talk about? So when I see stories like that and stuff that's given to the press, I bring it back to old projects like Operation Mockingbird, where there were covert media assets. I don't think it ever ended. I think we all see this. If you see those multiple clips of news people lined up and they clipped all the screens and show them, they're all reading off of like the same exact thing. Whether you want to say that's capitalism or not, I don't know. But if you're a government... It only makes like a smart strategy to think that you would get your media assets in line and tell them what stories they can report on. Now, that information comes from interviews I've done with people who are Fox correspondents and CNN correspondents, and they've told me that journalism is dead because of these influencing factors. So I'm saying that holds more weight for me. I know that gets chalked up in the conspiracy realm, but to me, it's just a smart strategy. I mean, if you deem something as a threat, you're damn right the government's going to have a file on it or at least look into it. There's a 26-page report them looking into the temporal experience and human consciousness and holograms and mind manipulation. And we know they've practiced in hypnosis during the 70s and 60s with LSD. But of course, they're looking into it. So it's not super out of the realm of like voodoo magic stuff, but they, they're curious about things. Now, I don't know what piques their curiosity, but apparently right now is the UAP subject. Yeah, I I think that there's a lot of things going on simultaneously. I think that there are elements of the government who are trying to take advantage of this subject to covering up Biden slip-ups. <laughs> yeah, it's all. It could all just be about trying to cover up Biden's. Mistakes. I would believe that to be 100% honest with you. I mean, it's more it's more credible than some of the the mainstream perspectives. But um, yeah, I think okay, I do think though that there is some people like. There are just a huge number of interests that are all coming together, like um, Tim Burchett, the congressman who is sort of leading this uh, UFO investigation uh, thing through the government. He was uh, one of the main people there, and he has been getting a huge amount of publicity from leading this. He uh, has been on the news many times. His tweets about UFOs blow up in a way that his other tweets typically don't. Um, also, the history of investigating UFOs in the government in the 60s, the person who was primarily leading the congressional efforts at uh, investigating the government's involvement in UFOs was um, uh, Richard Nixon's um, uh, vice president, who later became president, Gerald Ford. Uh, so you know that um, the guy who led the UFO investigations previously at, at this level became president. So that's uh, tempting on its own, I imagine, for these people. Uh, so it's a huge number of things coming together. And I believe that David Grush, I just want to say, I think that he believes what he's saying. I don't think he's trying to mislead people. I just I think that he's not necessarily correct in his views. I think so too, but I think it's kind of like when you can lie to yourself 
a little bit and then you end up believing it. I mean, memories are so fragile. Every time you try and remember something, you change it a little bit. So eventually you'll become to the point where you're like, I did meet Michael Jordan. It's like you never met Michael Jordan. You just watched a basketball game, you know, and I've had memory experts on my show to really go into that. But I do want to play um, the opening statement to I didn't share with sound. Hang on. Uh, I do want to play the opening statement and then we can get to the biologics part as well, too. Because I think it's important. Should we enter theater mode? I'm just going to, you can see this fine, can't you? Well, we'll do theater mode. Let's turn on the volume. Uh, thank you. I'm happy here. to be here. This is an important issue and I'm grateful for your time. My name is David Charles Grush. I was an intelligence officer for 14 years, in the, both in the U.S. Air Force, uh, both active duty Air National Guard and Reserve, at the rank of major, and most recently from 2021 to 2025, or excuse me, 2023, uh, at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, uh, at the GS-15 civilian level, which is uh, the military equivalent of a full bird colonel. I was my agency's co-lead in unidentified anomalous phenomena and transmedium object analysis, as well as reporting to the UAP task force, UAPTF, uh, and eventually, once it was established, uh, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, ARO. I became a whistleblower through a PPD-19 urgent concern filing in uh, May 2022 uh, with the Intelligence Community Inspector General. Uh, following concerning reports from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight uh, with regards to UAPs. My testimony is based on information I've been given by individuals with a long-standing track record of legitimacy and service to this country many of whom also have shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation, and classified oral testimony to myself and many my various colleagues. I have taken every step I can to corroborate this evidence over a period of four years while I was with the UAP task force and do my due diligence on the individual sharing it. Uh, this is because of these steps, I believe strongly uh, in the importance of bringing this information before you. I am driven by a commitment of both uh, to truth and transparency, rooted in our inherent duty to uphold the United States Constitution and protect the American people. I'm asking Congress to hold our government to this standard and thoroughly investigate these claims. But as I stand here under oath now, I am speaking to the facts as I've been told them. In the U.S. Air Force, in my National Reconnaissance Office, NRO, Reservist Capacity, I was a member of the UAP Task Force from 2019 to 2021. I served at the NRO Operations Center on the Director's Briefing Staff, which included the coordination of the Presidential Daily Brief and supporting variety of contingency operations, which I was the Reserve Intelligence Division Chief uh, backup. In 2019, the UAP Task Force Director asked me to identify all special access programs and controlled access programs, also known as SAPs and CAPs, uh, we needed to satisfy our congressionally mandated mission, and we were direct report at the time to the DEPSECDEF. At the time, due to my extensive executive level intelligence support duties, I was cleared to literally all uh, relevant departments and in a position of extreme trust, both in my military and civilian capacities. 
Uh, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade uh, UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, uh, to which I was denied access to those additional read-ons when I uh, requested it. I made the decision, based on the data I collected, to report this information to my superior, superiors and multiple inspectors general, and in effect becoming a whistleblower. As you know, I've suffered retaliation for my decision, uh, but I am hopeful that my actions will ultimately lead uh, to a positive outcome of uh, increased transparency. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's impressive absolutely his he's not resume. like insane or anything i mean he's got a, what i would say coherent speaking abilities and everyone in that room and some of them are top uap figures i've seen um i don't think they're crazy either but i also think if you talk about the legal speak if you're really looking from the skeptic side of things the legal speak of these documents can lead you to start thinking a certain way like there's a hundred percent of conspiracy there's all this type of stuff they will do that it's could be psyops whatever you want to talk about that the government's tactics has used many times in the past in plenty of other foreign countries and domestically that i have evidence to support as well too i mean look at the 60s and 70s with like COINTELPRO and other programs and manipulating other parties by making them seem crazy and radicalizing them and then causing them to destroy themselves it's a great tactic by the government but they've used it for decades now if you read these documents though you might like I read something and I go, did I just read what? And I read it again and I go, okay, that's what I thought. I didn't think I read it the right way. Now, the opposite end of that is if he read it in a, in a way and he did get it and they did use legal speak, but he still got it. And then he did find something. The only issue now is I need evidence of these claims. If you talk about a UAP body, if you talk about whatever you want to say, I need to see those to get on your side with it. So there can't be anger from the other side if you don't believe the claims. I just need the evidence to support it. I think they should they should have the evidence. They should be given it. If they're not allowed access to it, that's a problem. Yeah, his position is very impressive. Like what he was doing in the Air Force, in the government, like he was involved. Like he said, he was prepared in the briefing. Uh, he was involved with preparing briefings for the president. Uh, he was very high level and had very high security clearance was being given access to basically everything and then where he found these walls is where his frustration began if um if we look at the declassified reports we have from the air force that's where he worked we see in a number of them the blue book files uh some of the originals project twinkle was their first ufo investigation in 1951 they always took the subject seriously, and in the Blue Book reports, they acknowledge repeatedly that UFOs as a distinct kind of object do seem to exist, and they attribute those objects uh, that they define as UFOs with exceptional characteristics as a, a kind of ball lightning uh, repeatedly in their internal reports. So... What we know is that the Air Force and the U.S. Air Force and the U.K. Ministry of Defense have a long history of classified internal briefing reports that acknowledge fundamentally that UFOs exist as a distinct category of object with the general features that are described by historical UFO eyewitnesses. But then they say that those objects, based on their internal analyses, are this kind of ball lightning. 
So they could be wrong about that interpretation. But I mean, you know, it's like you said, there are all of these programs that we know were being run secretly and the documents providing evidence only get declassified decades later. So, so there's very compelling evidence to support essentially the exact kind of thing that you're talking about, that there are programs, reverse engineering, spacecraft recovery, all this kind of stuff. And maybe he got into all of those top secret things that are still top secret right now and have not been declassified yet. What about the issue with national security? I mean, I agree that obviously if we release certain information, then it would expose other countries to our information as well, too. It's not just the American people. But I also believe in the right to know, mostly because I think a lot of people changed their perspective on Bob Lazar and started saying, wait, maybe he was right about the lab that he worked at. And my issue with that is if you talk about a character assassination like they did with the Robertson panel and the people that were on there, just making fun of them and making them lose all credibility. We know that happens today when they put somebody in the media, make them look like a fucking RFK Jr. is a good example. I don't agree with everything that he says, but when you see every single article writing about a presidential candidate that he's a certain anti-vaxxer is a big problem. They don't even let his stuff go up on YouTube, even if he's talking about Ukraine or something like that. That's my issue, is that there's a lot of tactics that will blackball a person and make them look bad to the point where some, some people kill themselves. So that's my other issue with like national security. I understand the secrecy, but I don't understand the tactics that get employed to protect what you would call secrecy. And so far, everybody in that room seemed pretty straightforward and serious about what they were discussing. I didn't see anybody besides the guy in the back that was smiling that I don't think he was really a part of the team. I think he was just trying to fill up the room a little bit. Um, but there was serious people in there that have been committing their lives to this understanding of UAPs. And for that, I put a lot more weight into it that they're not involved. But I don't when I say it's a show, I think it's a show because of the fact that the government is not taking it as serious as these people are taking it serious. Maybe it's because they don't know. Maybe it's because it's unbelievable. But when we talk about the, what the government will do to protect its reputation, secret operations, whether they're alien and whatever or not. If there's projects that are into weird government tech stuff or spying or anything of that sort, that is the issue because when they try and protect that, they ruin people's lives. I mean I spoke to Jorg Arnu um, who studied Area 51, first time on my show. Then after we got done talking a month later, his house gets raided by the FBI and $32,000 worth of damage to his thing. No explanation is why. People's lives get ruined. That's another core issue where – when we talk about national security, what are your thoughts on that? Because I have empathy for the people that don't are just trying to look for the truth or what their idea of the truth is, and they get their lives destroyed. Right. Yeah. And well, to the extent that the government is acting to harm people, I think that there is no place for that whatsoever. That should never be an element of national security. And the CIA's uh, internal uh, reports, again, the uh, official uh, CIA historian through this 80s and 90s, Gerald, uh, K., Gerald K. Hines, he wrote a book about the, the CIA's involvement in UFOs, 1950 to 1997, I think was the name of the book. In it, he talks about how the UF, the CIA was extremely secretive about its involvement in studying UFOs, and that secrecy led to damage to the intelligence community's reputation over time, and the CIA's internal reports acknowledged that damage, and they assessed that it was not in their interests to uh, perpetuate 
that kind of secret over time because of the level of harm caused to the agency. In part, what you saw was the complete uh, gutting and uh, congressional intense investigation of the CIA following the Nixon scandal, especially in the 70s, because those were ex-CIA guys that he had hired to break into the Democrats. Yeah, the Watergate plumbers. Yeah, but exactly. I think Nixon was targeted. I think there's way more evidence right. to support that now because of the fact Nixon yes. was not the only fucking person doing bad. No, I, no. Just, Jeff yeah. Shepard on my show who defended Nixon and Watergate – Way before stories are now coming out saying Nixon was targeted. I was like, no shit. When you type in the 70s, it types in Watergate and it types in Nixon. I could show you plenty of other evidence to support everybody was doing crap back then. Yeah, Nixon was – it's funny because he taped all of his conversations, which is uh, a little bit more legit in some ways. But then it's like he got caught on his own tape saying uh, criminal things, but God only knows uh, how – worse it could have been when there were no tape recorders in there right so i agree with what you're saying like uh, the the worst stuff is often the stuff that maybe doesn't come to light right have you ever heard, there's a book out there and i had this guy on my show and i started to believe it more i think after the uap stuff came out but it's called the society of the spectacle he talked about if you have these members these elite figures that are monster hunters and they have to kill the monster and the monster in this case with Watergate happens to be Nixon. You know, if we say Nixon wasn't the only person that was doing bad, but well, Nixon is the monster, right? We killed Nixon. So there's no more monsters. So we're good, right? That's kind of the spectacle aspect. Does that make sense? I might've said it a little crappy compared to the way he explained it. If they killed the monster Nixon, that means that there's no more monsters. So us as monster hunters, we did our job, right? Those monster hunters are the FBI, the CIA, and other people that are up to some nefarious things. But you target one and you get them publicized and the history books only remember one. That's when you start questioning it more because clearly we know from documentation and other government operations that were going on, COINTELPRO was around in the 70s, but you don't hear anything get mentioned about certain individuals' names. You can go into the agency's leaders and blame them, but it's a whole group effort in that aspect of things. So there's a lot of monsters back then, but the, the, the Nixon's the Moby Dick. You know, he's he's the big white whale that gets stuck out in the middle, which I'm not rationalizing anything that he did. I'm not saying he was good at all, but I'm saying there's always got to be one person that takes the fall. So if this ends up blowing up or going bad, it'll be Dave, this guy, David, who's leading this thing. That'll get the most blunt of it because he's being the most outspoken. Another thing he mentioned that's really important is there is no protection for whistleblowers. There is no incentive for people to speak out that might be against the official thing. And that I think he makes a clear point on, which is he's stepping forward as a whistleblower. If that is true, you do deserve some protection. I'm not saying government's going to kill you, but I'm saying you, money, all these types of things, you, you can't be shamed from every job or everything that you've ever – all your credits can't be destroyed, which the government can do. So that's another important issue. Yes, he, he has, uh, Grush has alleged uh, serious reprisals against himself uh, by the government. He's saying that there hasn't been direct evidence of that, but, you know, as you're saying, there are various mechanisms where that would be a plausible uh, thing that could be happening. And I know that in one of the budgets last year, I believe, there is language that was included in the UFO section, UAP section, that provides some degree of protection for whistleblowers. But the issue was, if I remember right, that you have to be actually like within the program to get those protections. So him being retired from the Air Force, he potentially doesn't have those protections anymore. So you're right, like it is not being 
not even just in like incentivized, like there's no um, support for the to protect from negative consequences. And there are a lot of potential negative consequences just in terms of reputation for somebody to come out and make uh, claims like this. And hopefully, well, I mean, hopefully I, I feel bad. I would feel very bad for David Grush if it turns out that he just was very like believing of people who seemed uh, trustworthy and he was put as the face of this because there is that possible uh cons outcome right that he will be the one to fall uh because he's all of the eyes are on him and and that wouldn't really necessarily be fair considering there are this uh there's this group of individuals who are providing him with this information uh two of them being right on his left and right at that hearing as we saw george knapp and uh, jeremy corbell uh, prominent ufo advocates for many many years i mean are you putting more weight into a lot of like issues going on maybe it's even taking advice from the uap community that you might not have taken advice from before i feel like at this point you i i know you you probably reached out to some of them just to try and understand what's going on or at least looked into some of the forums that they were involved in i'm sure you're getting a lot of people that are cheering and doing all that but i'm pretty sure you're open to just asking a question and hoping you get a good response I'm assuming that you got some negative ones just because I just know how the community is, but I'm assuming you're open to understanding maybe anybody change your perspective a little bit or give you some good information to look into. Uh, well, let me think. Okay. One thing uh, that I have agreed heavily with uh, people who sort of hands down from the start, just believe Grush, um, you know, and that's, that's fair. Uh, I, I would exercise caution, but those people typically, have been saying stuff like, um, let's not be uh, digging into his personal history too much. Uh, it feels a little wrong to be doing that side of things. The skeptic community has been leaning into uh, criticizing him based on those health records being disclosed uh, by that journalist. Um, so, so on that front, I mean, I don't know if my perspective changed, but I, I listen to what's being said by both sides and I sort of pick and choose based on my own assessments. And I think the UFO community makes good points consistently. And that's part of why I like being enmeshed in it is to get those perspectives. Like there's a significant minority of people who believe UFOs are real, who uh, are not a hundred percent dedicated to any particular outcome they're just extremely curious about what's going on they've maybe seen something very strange in the sky themselves and just don't know what it is um you know like uh, from the start before i started looking into this subject and uh i i didn't really have any expectation that there are you know unique objects in earth's atmosphere that count as ufos like i was uh like you know entirely uh whatever i didn't really think about it but i was quite sure just off of the cuff that there was no thing as a ufo as a mixture of misperceptions and things like that now i'm convinced that at least some small percentage of people are seeing something that i think the government is probably accurately identifying as these uh, electromagnetic vortices things because they can be reproduced in the lab. I'm more convinced by that. Like if, if we can make them replicably in the lab whenever we want to, like it's good evidence that they can happen naturally and people are saying they're seeing these things. And so, so, you know, my, my position's changed over time because of 
starting point, I suppose, listening to people and then moving in and being like, well, is there, are there grounds to uh, believe that this person might've seen the kind of object they're describing? And there are some variety of channels of information, declassified internal reports and lab reproducible uh, science paper uh, the, or papers describing lab reproducible phenomena that have led me to change my mind over time and think there may actually be UFOs in the sky. No, it's interesting because we've taken this journey together. I think I've known you like three years now. So I've watched the shift happen from the beginning where we were talking about just electrical and weather phenomena to now where we're at now. Well, I, I mean, I've always kind of had the same balanced approach. I mean, I've always spoken to both sides, but I respect that you've done it as well, too, and you just want more documentation. I don't think it's a tough question to ask for just more documentation or if a person's asking for files that are restricted then give them the files that are restricted hopefully they're doing something closed doors i mean i know they can't show everything to the public but for the love of god after seeing that i was like somebody had better taken somebody into a back room and showed them the real things so we at least know what the hell is going on because if that is a real thing that is a serious not threat but that is serious information that I feel like the public should be disclosed to. Too many things are being swept with the brush of national security. I'm not too happy about it. I'm also pissed they're keeping – they don't have to disclose any more JFK files. So they ended a 60-year-old act, which is just like, why didn't you just do that in the beginning? You made people wait 60 years, and some of those people died. The secrecy makes people wonder. Uh, it makes people question things, and you know these – agencies acknowledge in their own reports that it's not a good idea to sort of leave things open to speculation because that's when the more problematic views start to emerge that's something that i was very you know the way the government was communicating about the subject was the primary reason i started to look at it just because i was confused by people like obama the former cia director uh what is it um john brennan people like that coming out and sort of suggesting that there's something to it and it was like just completely unclear to me why these individuals would be doing that from a government perspective since they in their own internal briefing reports don't want to promote conspiracy type thinking so that's what really got me interested and um you know i think looking to the reports like like the most recent uk report we have they detail all of their own reasons for things in that report. And I like seeing that because it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, for, if you listen to some UFO advocates, um, you'd be convinced it's like the government's never taken this seriously. They'd have no idea what's going on. Nobody has any clue. They don't want to look at it. They're afraid of it. The report is exactly the opposite. It is exactly what you would expect a coherent functional national security state to do they've been secretly investigating it for decades they have made conclusions the top leadership has been constantly briefed on the ufo subject and they detail all of the reasons why why they're doing everything they don't want to draw attention to the subject because they are afraid that the russians are more knowledgeable about this particular kind of science than them that's what the UK Ministry of Defense says. They don't want to talk about it because they're scared that the Russians know more than them about it. And they don't want the Russians to know that. Um, well, and that's it a makes conspiracy me feel for that. That's the conspiracy yeah. for the why there's a war. Why are they fueling the war for Ukraine and Russia right now? Again, distracted. I mean, I guess, yeah, you could uh, rope in a bunch of stuff. But that's the crazy part, right? Like there are real conspiracies when when they define the conspiracy in their own report. Like, I mean... I'm compelled to at least take it seriously, if not accept all of the conclusions that they make. But, you know, like, what do you think? Like, that sounds coherent, right? Like, that's what you would 
like that's what I think at least. Like that's what I would expect. That's how I would expect the U.S. government to behave. And you know, like, it was yeah, like what are your thoughts? It was like what I was saying. The government is not what they do on the surface is never what they're doing behind closed doors. And that's what they're uh, that's what they're supposed to do. Good. I'm glad that they're actually looking into shit. But they don't just scoff it off like they everyone thinks that they do. The government investigates stuff very thoroughly. And also they get down to the bottom of some things of if things aren't operational things, but they're more on the war tactic side of things. I mean, it's interesting to me, like the JFK files, for instance, Russia has a whole set. We got a bunch recently released on um, the last that'll probably ever be released, but they're still withholding documents. And I've had people like lawyers go over who are part of su suing Biden, part of the Mary Farrell Foundation, trying to get these documents. Um, they still got plenty of other stuff to do lawsuit wise. Um, but they asked one of the main Russian ambassadors was like, why don't you guys release your files? And they said, we're not releasing ours until America releases your guys. <laughs> and it's just like, us. this is like the whole thing. They could easily expose so much about our government, but they're keeping that on the back burner for something. They could, it, our government could expose a bunch about them. So it's all these guns pointed to each other's heads. So once people start realizing that you don't really live in a democracy, you live in the illusion of a democracy when really their mindset is the global war. Now they're viewing fears of other countries they don't care about your fears of riots and all that it's a problem sure and it makes them look weak to the eyes of other countries but they really only care about the fact that the, every other country now has nuclear capabilities so or not every other country but most countries have nuclear capability especially all the vo volatile ones so that's a real big fear for them and that's never going to change and the war is only going to keep escalating and going in different routes and cyber technology and all these types of things but these issues, they're more worried about the risks that they're giving out with their secrets. And right now, at this point, if they they think Russia has secrets on UFOs or Russia thinks we have secrets on UFO, whether it's true or not, it's good either way. Because that keeps them interested in, like, for instance, reason why we got into the whole psychic weapons program development and all that. Russia only got interested into it. No, we got a tip off that Russia was interested in psychological warriors. Yes. And we started creating them. Yes, that's the whole thing. It was like this idea, like, well, who, what's, who's fueling what? It's a snake biting its own tail. Yeah, it's examine so that with the UAP subject. That's not crazy, but I'll get labeled crazy for saying that. But I've looked through all these plenty of documents and experimentation with MK Ultra, and I just had an academic on my show, David Harper, talk about it. Um, the mostly the Canada side of things, you know, it was just really smart strategies to try and find ways to investigate things and research into things because we got a tip off that another country was doing it when really it's just a fucking lie or a rumor. And that's how bombs get created and people die. I hate to be like that, but pisses yeah. me off. Well, and that's that's you know, the interesting personal side of it that like when the CIA investigates psychic phenomena and then they release their report on it that says uh, the CIA report says we believe that there really are is psychic phenomena. It's only that we can't figure out a way to effectively weaponize it. So we're going to discontinue the program because there's no way that we can determine it can be used effectively. And you, you know, and then you pivot into the scientific community and they say there's no basis for uh, believing in psychic phenomena. So like a report like that really feeds uh, belief in the public when they get their hands on it. And it's similar with the UFOs when it's like, okay, I can read the internal report and they're like, oh, well, we don't want to draw attention to it. So we're going to stay silent because we're afraid of Russia, like no one more than us. And so it's like, okay, I get that. But then you look at the people involved and there are so many people with such strong beliefs and 
the silence sort of festers that uh, whole thing, right? Like it's like causing the beliefs to just spiral and spiral. Like, and it's kind of sad. Like, uh, like, what do you think of that? Like, if if there are these valid national security reasons at the heart of it, however, staying silent causes like kind of measurable harm through them not like helping people figure out what's actually going on. Like, like, what do you think the balance there is yourself? Just the government's the, fault for creating yeah. the conspiracies. I mean, conspiracies mm. are real. We know conspiracies are real. It's conspiring against another individual. What people are lumping that in with is fantasy. Is it the fantasy stuff that everyone keeps labeling conspiracy stuff? It's only a conspiracy if it was orchestrated and this is how it turned out. Now, the government, for instance, the 9-11 conspiracy, the fantasy part is that the towers were a simulation. That's bullshit. Don't listen to that. What's real is the fact that they're not giving you the full story. Whether that's because of security disclosures or whatever you want to say, they still have documents sealed up. The families still want a proper investigation. There's plenty of people that were banning Biden on coming there to the memorial that they were having uh, that they do every year because of the fact that there's still documentation locked up. Whether they're covering covert operations or whether they're covering secrecy or whether they had like I spoke to Michael Springman, who did visas for Al Qaeda. It's a book that came out. He was doing the visas program for letting these people from that country come over here and some of the people that he denied access to that the cia pushed through their visas were the people that were hijacking planes so that was a really big you want to say coincidence sure but i think some of the documentation said is that they had been surveilling these people long before these attacks happened so that's another issue but that's a secrecy thing doesn't mean it was an orchestrated this is all a government op to do more security clearance that does not that's the fantasy again if you have documentation to prove it, we can talk about that. But what I'm saying is, is that when the full truth is not given to you, they've opened up the door for conspiracy theories and ideas to come through. And for me, I'm more susceptible to believe those conspiracies, not because I'm creative or anything. It's because I've seen a track record past of them doing it through documentation of them really doing some fucked up shit. You know, I mean, look at uh, COINTELPRO. I mean, that was invading not only the Black Panther Party, the KKK, all these other groups because you've seen them as a threat. So how did you do it? They created fake letters and wrote it to the leader's wives saying that your husbands were sleeping around with teenage kids. Just shows you a low gut punch that they're willing to do. And now if they're setting the standard in that, in that aspect of things, with time, it only evolves. Look at the church committee report. I mean, they showed a heart attack gun in a live hearing. So it's like... What are we talking like to me? I don't throw anything out of the water, but the conspiracy talks, I just don't think people can shame people with that word anymore. It doesn't get us anywhere. And when they end up being right, like when some of these conspiracies end up having some truth to them, it's just about finding where that cutoff is where it gets a little too crazy. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I think that at this point, everyone's kind of fucked. Um, hate to say it like that, but I'm a misanthrope. It's just, it's really hard to see any light. We're way too divided as people right now. And we let that happen because of the fact that that's a really good strategy for us to be fighting ourselves and not asking for answers. And that really sucks because I think skeptics and everybody can agree that there needs to be some truth given out by our government in certain situations like this, whether it violates security clearance or not. Absolutely. And I really appreciate when uh, the skeptic community is also open to that side of things. Like Mick West is signed the petition to request the government to disclose everything it knows about UFOs. So he, you know, he's 
he wants the information and that's such an important part it's if you're closed off to getting to the bottom of it you know that there's some kind of bias there and what you were saying about the past uh, conspiracies that have been verified uh, academically it it really does it's like the sky's the limit based on what they have done historically so i really do agree with what you're saying that by keeping silent not just giving the information if we use their standards of behavior as historically as the reference point for what would be possible, like it, your imagination can just run wild and you could come Bar's up with pretty any. high bars. pretty Yeah, high. yeah, exactly. Like what else could be happening given that they did MK ultra like COINTELPRO, pro all of these like extremely uh, troubling programs that under any any modern or at least even historical standard of reference should have never been done. And then you're seeing that they're still engaging in this uh, ongoing secrecy, like you're talking about with uh, the 9-11 files. It's like, for the love of God, just release them. Like the CIA's yeah. own internal reports say keeping stuff secret leads to this negative consequence of people developing problematic theories about it. So why aren't they? And then that question just hangs there and that's the origin of the problem that they say in their reports they want to avoid. So it's, it's what, like they're shooting themselves in the foot. That's what angers me about the skeptic stuff. Like some of the skeptics I've talked to, it's just like, it's not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying, why is this still sealed up? Why don't you get, this is public information now. It should be, especially documents that are 60 years old. It's like, you shouldn't be having anybody. Nobody's alive. That was really back then. And at the same time, it's like, what operations would still be active? It's the only two reasons you would keep something sealed up. It's the only reasons that act would let something be sealed up still is if someone was still alive or it was an operation that was still running today. We still don't know what was going on in Mexico City, which at this point now, all we know is that it was an intelligence foreground where everybody was putting their intelligence operatives over there. But it's still, so many documents are still sealed up. So my issue is, is that calling things or your conspiracy theorists, it doesn't mean that you don't think the towers fell. It just means that there's documents sealed and people want answers. Those family members deserve answers. You can challenge notions like that because if a family member of one of the people that might have got died at 9-11 says that they want more documents and they believe that there was a conspiracy, the people that are against the conspiracies on it will say, oh, I'm so sorry. No, and they won't even argue with that person. They'll just walk away or something like that. Why? Because that person is close to someone that was that died there. That's a notion you can challenge now. It means you don't – the, the whole conspiracy argument to me is just so stupid where I'm like, be openly skeptical, but also don't toss anything out. And you tackle that same approach. I mean you're willing to hear people out about these certain things, but I mean do you really honestly at this point think that there's 100% of the full picture given to you at, on anything that you do? I'm, I've challenged everything now. 100% of the full picture. Uh well, that's a, could you give an example? Like, uh, you mean on any given subject that the government is sort of involved any with? Any official narrative that comes out. I'm more skeptical on the narratives now that come out where I'm like, I don't think that's the full truth. Right. Well, okay. Well, that's a good question. Okay. So, based on my research, Hunter into... Biden's cocaine at the White House. Want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, wasn't his cocaine. They said yeah. it wasn't his cocaine. Get somebody's cocaine. It's pretty funny that that is a reality. <laughs> like the modern world is uh, crazy enough. We don't need all of these extra things, right? It feels like a 
to be honest, there's been almost. cocaine in there since the Eisenhower administration. I yeah, now they're just finding it. Yeah, that would be funny. It's a stash from decades ago or something. I mean, it's yeah, just maybe. not new. There's always been cocaine there, but I'm sure yeah. that was Hunter Biden's coke. I could tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, he was there seem, that uh, day and like that's when they found it i'm like all right, right someone right. either planted it or that someone yeah. he's just not good at hiding it yeah for him to bring it in would be just i mean it, it, he's i'd check it so off my bucket list if i was him doing coke in the white house <laughs> that's for purpose yeah well you know actually that's probably like him just bragging would be probably a uh, jack nicholson's it, like ah it's they found my stash yeah <laughs> <laughs> He had like a secret stash. But official media time. narratives, obviously yes. there's things you can question. I mean, I don't yeah. even, when I see someone getting slandered in the media, I also go like, well, okay, well, what's the opposite side of that? We know whistleblowers, when they're blowing the whistle on a company or a corporation, they get attacked by that company and corporation constantly. Apple, I had the Apple whistleblower on here. Look at the number of lawsuits she's filed and look at how Apple has just treated all her claims like it's just lies. And she's got screenshots of emails where Apple uh, main managers like CEOs were messaging other employees to make up stories about her so they can get her fired. Wow. So that's real. And that's a corporation. Yeah. Why can't you believe yeah, that in your government? Yeah, well, and I think, well, you're right. OK, so like the, the records that we have from the government prove beyond a reasonable doubt, like verify that the government engages actively in conspiracy behavior consistently it would be irrational to think that that is not happening right now so what i take from that is it's almost certain that there's a huge number of conspiracies currently happening within the government right now and reading about the ufo stuff looking at like at first like oh, the way that they're talking about this publicly doesn't really make sense and then looking at the reports and stuff and seeing like, oh, they've been on top of this for decades and they have a very clear picture internally of what's going on. And they're talking just openly to each other about it inside the government. And then you sort of go to the front and they're like, we have absolutely nothing to say about this. I mean, it certainly has opened my eyes to that side of things more. It's not something that I intentionally dug into historically um it wasn't something that interested me specifically but uh getting involved in this subject particularly and it's not that i disagree entirely with their reasoning under most of these circumstances like there typically are good reasons but then they will like the government uh in terms of secrecy will always take as much as they can get it's sort of a zero sum there's only so much secrecy privacy and they will always be pushing 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 and they are the powerful ones so they'll be over extending into the realm of what re like the average person would see as being unreasonable so it starts from i think reasonable credible valid national security reasons and then it often ends up in this place where they're holding on to secrecy that is fundamentally harming them in a way that is not justifiable and that's that is something that needs to be focused in on and challenged. And it's not helpful that most of the mainstream narrative surrounding people who challenge that gray zone at the tail end of the claims, like are labeled sort of conspiracy theorists and things like that. It, it, it really helps the institutions with all the power break the rules to the extent that they want to. And I'm that's gonna... not good for anybody. No, it's not. Um, I'm going to play the UFO whistleblower says that they found logics. Because I said I would. And I won't play. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and Dirt. good morning to our witnesses who are testifying today. Dog. I want to thank each of you for being here to discuss a topic of grave importance to our national security. Earlier this year, a Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the coast of my home state of South Carolina. Since the Roswell incident Wait, in 1947, many Americans have miss, wondered about the dangers MS. of unknown objects crisscrossing no our sky. I mean, she isn't saying either way. UAPs or weather phenomena, advanced technology from American allied or enemy forces or something more out of this world. So my first question, I have several questions and I'll... Where's my girl AOC? I want her first in there. Each so of she's in there. Question, um, and then I'll get to each of you individually. Uh, the first one, when you reported your experiences with a UAP, did any of you face any repercussions with your superiors, yes or no? No. No. I've actually never seen anything personally, <laughs> believe it or not. So. All right. Um, and then do, do you believe there's an active disinformation campaign within our government to deny existence of UAPs, yes or no? Yes. I don't have an answer to that. As previously stated publicly, yes. I think previously it was like Project Blue Book, yes, but currently I don't speak for the United States government. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have a few questions for Mr. Hmm. Graves. Um, what percentage of UAP sightings, in your belief, go unreported by our pilots? This is an approximation based off of my personal experience speaking with a number of pilots, but uh, I would estimate we're somewhere near 5% reporting, perhaps. So like 95% basically don't report seeing UAPs. That's just my personal estimate. Um, in the incident off Virginia Beach, do you believe the Navy took the danger to your aircraft seriously after it was reported? Absolutely. Um, a few questions for Mr. Favor. As an expert naval aviator, have you ever seen an object that looked and moved like the Tic Tac UAP? No. Did the Tic Tac UAP move in such a way that defied the laws of physics? The way we understand them, yes. Many dismiss UAP reports as classified weapons testing by our own government, but in your experience as a pilot, does our government typically test advanced weapon systems right next to multi-million dollar jets without informing our pilots? No, we have test ranges for that. It took over 15 years. I know this is a long ago example, but didn't they launch a fucking create the nuke or whatever near yeah. uh, a bunch of people's homes? Like... Yeah, no, they've done that for sure, okay. yeah. All right, just... Here's for your encounter with yeah. the attack to be declassified. Do you feel there was a good reason to prevent lawmakers from having access to this footage? No, I just think it was ignored when it happened, and it just sat somewhere in a file. Never got hmm. reported. I like that guy's answer. It happens a lot up here. Braver, yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Gresh, a couple of questions for you too, sir, this morning. Um, what percentage of UAPs do you feel are adequately investigated by the U.S. government? Of the 5% that are reported. <laughs> um, I can only speak for uh, my personal leadership over at NGA. I tried to look at every report that came through that I could mm -hmm. triage, so. Do you believe that officials at the highest levels of our national security apparatus have unlawfully withheld information from Congress and subverted uh, our oversight authority? There are certain elected leaders that had more information that I'm not sure what they've shared with certain Gang of Eight members or et cetera, but uh, certainly uh, I would not be surprised. Okay. You've stated that the government is in possession of potentially non-human spacecraft. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. 
Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? So I can give you a ears. specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I can provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. And I she asked some really good questions, but damn, didn't even turn off the sound on your computer when you were... Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, uh, it's so funny to see it. Like, it's like on the previous one, like, the uh, Navy intelligence officer wasn't able to, like, he didn't know how to use YouTube or whatever, kept mispausing it, and it was just like, what's going on here? Bring your nephew up there or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Come yeah on actually, now. actually. But the claims that Grush makes there are extraordinary. And if true, it's like, you there's know, no point huge. in televising it. Cause why are you going to say all this stuff backdoor? I can show you after I can show you after yeah. I'm like, well, I got to find Miss Mace's phone number, give her a call and say, can I take you out for a nice olive garden dinner? And you can explain to me what he showed you in the back rooms. Yeah. And then she'll be like only in the skiff or whatever, like the, what is that? Those are like those rooms. So that what did he show you as I eat my breadsticks? And she goes, yeah. oh, he just showed me really good. Some of his drawings that he's been doing. And I'm like, Damn it. They're drawings. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Some poems. <laughs> yeah. The, that's the thing. Like, what is he showing? He's saying that he's giving the exact names of the people who are currently on the programs. If that's true, I think that's fantastic. I think that would be great to get this information out there. Like we've been talking about holding it inside. It, it, you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me at this point because there's so much going on publicly with it. And, Why wouldn't you just blow yeah. the spot out in front of everybody if it's live and it's on television? Why would yeah, you not just do it? Yeah, why is he not? I mean, there are a lot of questions about that. Like something that I've seen some skeptics point out is that it seems as though he has communicated some of these things to uh, some of these UFO advocate individuals like Corbell and... Uh, okay, it doesn't Nat. matter though. Say it on air where everyone exactly. can hear it and we have it recorded. Whether you... We don't have anyone that's willing to die for what they believe in. I hate to say that, and I really do, but I've noticed that a lot. It happens a lot with the Kennedy stuff. A lot of people that didn't want to speak out because they were a number of suspicious deaths that started happening during the assassination. Jim Cothey's the best example of throat shop while stepping out of the showers, fucking nuts. Um, but that I mean, that's a that's the official autopsy claim. So it's like, I mean, Larry's interviewed the guy and said, Yeah, or not the guy, the um family member of I don't know if it was the wife or the sister of the guy, Jim Cothey. 
Um, but th that's like, to me, it's just like that. We don't have anybody that's willing to step forward either. It's cause it's fear or it's cause how they're going to be looked at by the media at this point, start naming names, start going out there and saying something. We don't give it to someone so they can do it, whether that person believes them or not. But I mean, you'd probably get traced back to you, but we don't have anybody that's willing to step forward and put their everything on the plate just to try and get some answers and truth, or at least bring the public in on the discussion. Right now we have a large gap between the public's knowledge and what these people know. So it's hard for the connection to happen between that. Yeah. Okay. I, I hear that and I agree entirely. Okay. This is like in my own mind, I try to, uh, it's called like steel manning the UFO advocate position. So like trying to make it as like strong as possible to understand it and, you know, see if there are any issues here or there. When I try to, steel man the ufo position about grush like what i've been seeing in the community for years are people saying like uh people should be willing to die for this people should be willing to go to jail for this you know they'll be a hero forever this is the biggest thing in the history of the world people should be doing it if they know it and david grush comes forward and exactly as you're saying like he's not taking those big risks and still everybody in the ufo community is uh, currently worshiping him as a hero but he's not doing what they've been saying they want done for years and that really blows my mind like if i completely committed to the ufo advocate position if i was steel manning it fully i would have to acknowledge to myself this guy uh, you know grush is not behaving in the way that i would expect somebody who is revealing the biggest secret in the history of the world to behave like i would go to jail for that information if i had it you could like you said you were in front of the world in the congress under oath like take the risk man and it doesn't make sense to me that he didn't i know people it's always a guy with family or something that's the reason why they don't do it or like why, where's the people that didn't that literally will dedicate their life to do that and you know like expose whatever information i mean william colby exposed a lot of what the cia did during the church committee reports he didn't expose some stuff he had two people beside him that were telling him you can't expose all secrets because we have people in other countries and you might get them killed if you do i understand that and i agree but also his death is suspicious as well too 70 something years old in the middle of the night gets up and goes on a kayaking trip and he's found two days later so even the guy that was his like one of his close friends and worked in the central intelligence agency with him for 12 years said i found it weird that his house wasn't locked you tell me you work in the CIA for 20-something years, you don't lock your fucking house? You're an old man? Come on, he's eating dinner at like 11 o'clock and decides to go kayaking. His wife thought, I just got done talking to him at 10.30. Why do you go kayaking? He goes out in the water. And yeah, that's that's weird shit. So people in The Intercept I've spoken to about that, a lot of people, even mm -hmm. his best friend that I had on the show said that, um, we're well, not best friend, but friend of his, close friend said that they put a lot more weight into it now after a lot of recent stuff has came out, like the Epstein stuff and a lot of that. There's just a lot of things that just don't make sense. And you know, Hale Boggs, I think I've mentioned to you about um, 71, he was calling out J. Edgar Hoover for wiretapping congressman, and the guy said, what's your evidence on that? You sound like a conspiracy theorist. You can watch the video on Newsmax or AP News, I think. Um, but it's him calling out J. Edgar Hoover saying he's wiretapping Congress. We found that out in 74. Yeah, he's saying it in 71. He gets rung aside afterward, uh, afterwards. Six months later, his plane goes down over Alaska. No parts were found, nothing like that. That's a little bit weird. I put a little bit of weight into that. But the weird thing is Bill Clinton drove him to the fucking airport. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> nuts? Isn't that what nuts? You? <laughs> Bill Clinton was a young 20-year-old at this time 
aid and he was dro- he drove him to the airport. And I'm like, that's so that's so nuts to me. Where it's like, damn, and his plane crashed. That was the trip you drove him on, too. Damn. But um, like I said, that's more conspiracy. You need a lot of documentation to back up. But what we do can back up is Patrice Lumumba's death, trying to make um a trade agreement and unite the Congo with the United States, which would really mess up business interests because we've been completely ravaging that country for their gold and other things of that sort. His plane went down and the UN did an investigation on it because of Alan Dulles and Patrice Lumumba, who the CIA, there's a lot of evidence to support that they let him get killed and kidnapped and killed. Um, so the UN investigated that one and they came up with inconclusive evidence to support it. But that's usually what their thing is when they, it's more likely that that yeah, something happened, but that was Patrice Lumumba's death and, Plenty of investigative reporters have had on the show who specifically looked into that. That's what I tell you is like, it sounds crazy and conspiracy, but the government is up to that shit, like up to their neck. So that's why I'm surprised they these guys didn't decide to just put something up there. But that also could be a fear aspect of if the government can do all that crazy shit. Yeah. Why would you blow the whistle? But I just think there needs to be bigger protection for whistleblowers, at least monitor them for like 50 years. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's he a good choked point. on an almond. That's yeah. a kid. That's a death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many options, but like the assassinations and things like that, like it, it is hard. It's hard to point to any one. Right. But then we also can see that how many times did the CIA on the record verifiably attempt to assassinate Fidel Castro? It was like dozens of times uh, by their own count. And he uh, slipped through, but otherwise like it would be just another uncertain thing. Right. So, you know, it's once again, these things have happened in various contexts and we don't currently know which things are necessarily true until the facts come out after the case. So, Given that the government knows that, like it would be in their interests to reduce conspiracy thinking by being as open as possible. And so there's sort of lip service to that right now. Like, you know, they have the NASA UAP uh, study group, um, which I, I like their name, right? Because my website is UAP study and then NASA called their uh, their group the UAP study group. They have not asked me for my domain name yet, but I'm still uh, holding. You out hold for... out for that fucking check, dude. That's yeah be for some... retirement. Yeah. I want two billion of what you guys use every <laughs> <Two> year. <laughs> yeah, NASA giving me the money to retire. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, but then you know they're doing this now. They're starting the independent scientific study group. So, so they're starting to try to respond to the amount of discussion happening. But then they want to have their cake and eat it too they want to retain the secrecy surrounding i mean based on the internal declassified record they want to retain the secrecy around these um you know reverse engineering programs based around trying to like weaponize natural phenomena of various kinds they don't want to talk about that so they're sort of like in this middle ground where like they are not gonna talk about that but then they're gonna say like there's no evidence of aliens they aren't saying there's no evidence of like i mean you know you can get into the details but they're sort of trying to stay in this gray zone. And I don't know if they're going to manage that. We're going to have to see. But right now, this all looks a lot like around like 1967 or something. Because the UF, US Air Force did exactly this the last time that the uh, public, uh, the Congress started investigating, right? The Air Force decided like, okay, we need to sort of like get this on the record publicly, like present it with an independent way. They commissioned the University of 
uh, Colorado to do an independent study. This time they've got NASA doing their independent study. And that did shut down the UFO subject for a long time after they got that independent study to come out and uh, say no evidence of aliens, because that's what everybody in like a huge number of the people interested in the subject want. They just want the aliens. And with the government sort of like shutting that down, the periphery kind of closes down. And it's only then again, the core group of um, extreme advocates uh, left. So the subject's been cyclical for many, many decades. And I don't know if it's good. They're going to be capable of retaining that cyclicality this time because of the amount of information out here. They seem to have kind of lost control of the narrative a little bit, but they're doing their best to regain control. And I think based on the historical precedent that there's good reason to think that they might actually be able to retain that control moving forward. Campbell, I appreciate you for coming back on the show and giving me the time. Um, you answered my last question basically with your own little thing there, which was great because I was going to ask what you think it's going to be like in like the next couple of months if you think you're going to get some answers. But I just think it's going to be the same pony shit that we've gotten before. Um, I don't see anything really good coming out of it. I mean, hopefully maybe more eyes on the UAP community where people can start looking in and trying to find information for themselves. But who knows? Um, but I appreciate the time, Campbell. Is there a place where people can find your links? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, at, or well, formerly Twitter, X, uh, at UAP Study, and uh, on YouTube, at The Invisible Night School, is where we do our podcast, and uh, what else? Uh, my website, UAPstudy.com. Uh, it's been great being here, Robbie. Thanks again uh, for having me on. I always enjoy our conversations and um, I like that we have a lot of agreement, but also disagreements. So we get, we kind of get into everything. It's uh, it's good. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me. And thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Out of the Blanket. Stay tuned for our next episode.